Okay. Okay. Take four. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Paranormal Peeps podcast. This is take four. Yeah, the, the we shouldn't admit it. The, no, oh I'm my god! Because this is okay. fun. Podcast when, magic is all I'm going to say. When, when okay? I get go- when I get goofy, we are all so goofy and half tired. And I've had sh- sugar and sugar. food, and yeah. Plus, sometimes you just get goofy. I'm a goofy person. What can I say? Yeah, it's I'm getting late too. I'm a goofy goober. It's past our bedtime. Past your bedtime. Yeah, this is true. about to start. <laughs> this is almost my prime time. So yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, the first time I was sending like Bob Euchre, the last uh, last attempt, I went for a good ten minutes with my NPR voice, and they just couldn't <laughs> handle it anymore. That may or may not show up somewhere. I was gonna say, there's got to be an outtake episode. Someday. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Definitely. All right, but we'll go back to my normal obnoxious self now. Ready? Here we go. Uh, today we're talking about ghost, not ghost ships, haunted ships. Last year we talked about ghost ships. If you would. Li- Listen to the episode. We talked about some of the ships that kind of appear, disappear. They're seen like 20 years later. We talked about some that are, you can still see, that are considered ghost ships. But we're not talking about those this time. This time we're talking about haunted ships. Yes. These are ships that have ghosts on them and reported ghost sightings. And all of them you can visit. And some you can actually sleep on. Yep. Yeah. Which definitely You can try anyway. I don't know. I don't know if I could. No, they're, yeah. I don't know. I could do it. Although, I don't know. There's one of them for sure I could sleep on. Yeah. Yeah? I'm in. Oh, yeah. The last one. But well, we'll talk about that one when we get there. We'll see. How, would, would you, would, do I want to waste my time sleeping? Well, eventually you got to sleep, right? Nah, like, who needs sleep? There's a song from... Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, Bare Naked Ladies, mm-hmm. yeah. Who needs sleep? Who needs sleep? Oh, I do. Well, you're never going to get it. It's the way I feel nowadays right now, seriously. Well, the old the older I get, the less um sleep my body seems as it needs the sleep, but it doesn't get it. You lay down, two hours later you're up. You're awake, yeah. I can relate. And you go back to sleep, and then two hours later you get back up again. That's why I prefer to drink a bottle of scotch before bed every night. Oh my gosh. Does the scotch (laughs) not run through you as fast as water? Just (laughs) knocks you right out, right? Just Uh, pass out. Did you wet the bed? No, he wears Depends. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Or just put a catheter in. Sometimes I haven't it just works. No, see, I can't just do that. I can't. And I can't just sleep in it, so Depends, that's out. Well, if you haven't noticed, there is a voice missing here tonight. There is a voice missing here tonight, and it's not just because she doesn't approve of the conversation. <laughs> no, she's generally just hates us and has disappeared. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> just come back, Elisa. We miss come you. Come back soon. Tonight, we are missing the lovely Elisa. She uh, had a family function, so yep. we're missing her. We're hoping she's hopefully back you again guys miss time. her, and you can you can message us. Go on a social media on our, any of our platforms, and absolutely, let's, let's start like an online petition for Elisa to come back because we are terrible without her. <laughs> yeah, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Maybe not line. terrible, but we're definitely better when she's here for sure. Hundred percent. So, who we do have here though, in her uh, filling in for her, to my right. We're gonna go counterclockwise this time, throwing you off for a loop. Mm. Uh, it's Terry. It's Terry's the lovely right Terry. She's it's my lady. Terry. She's my lady wife. Terry. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's married to a lord, not the lord, a lord. Oh lord. <laughs> but also a lady married to a lord, Jamie. The lovely Jamie and Josh, Lord Josh, and I'm Lord Mike. Again, not the lord, just a lord. 
because we own land in Scotland. We all do. Yeah. Or actually, I don't know if we really own land, but we do have uh, a certificate. Yeah, a certificate that says, a certificate says I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's on paper. You can, If you can read it, you can believe it. Right. Works for me. <laughs> um, well, anyway, uh, so uh, we are talking about ghost or haunted ships, like I said. So let's just jump into it. Josh, you want to lead us off with the USS Constitution? Well, yeah, of course. Um the USS Constitution, uh, for those of you who don't know, is the oldest still commissioned naval warship um, in the fleet. It's 200 and – do quick math here – 223 years old. So Just a young buck. Just a, just a young buck. Just a young buck. Um, and it's one of those places you can still visit. So uh, its construction began in, in 1794 in Hart's Shipyard. Uh, and it got completed uh, in October 21st of 1797. So, yeah, quite quite old. Um, it got its actual first like wartime efforts in the quasi war with with France, um, and that was just a year later. So in 1798, um, and then in 1804, it was sent to Tripoli to uh, to fight pirates off the Barbary coast. The one in Vegas? No. No, the one in the Mediterranean. Wait, what's the name of the ship in at the TI in Vegas? I have no idea. That's funny because it's down the street from Barbary Coast. Oh, <laughs> I have no idea. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know what you're talking about. I've never... Uh, It'd be funny if it was the Constitution. That would be funny. <laughs> Maybe w- it's the Olympia. I don't know. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, its greatest glory actually came in the War of 1812. Uh, where it ended up fighting uh, British frigates, and that's where it earned the nickname Old Ironsides. So it was purported that the the cannon fire from the the British ships wouldn't actually penetrate its oaken hull, and that the the cannonballs would actually bounce right off of it. So you said penetrate. <laughs> <laughs> I did. We're all children here. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when it gets late. Um, yeah, and so and the the ship actually still sits today in Charleston Naval Yard in Boston Harbor. Does it really have iron sides? No, it's actually oak wood. So solid oak. American oak. Yeah, that's right, American America. oak. America. Um, and then uh, ghost hunters Dustin Perry said, uh, knowing the history of this ship lends to the sensation of walking amongst the ghosts of American history. Um, I wish Probably. I had some fun, good ghost stories for the ship. Probably. Well, there was one time when I was on the ship, and uh, I saw a woman in white. And <laughs> They're everywhere. There's, there's always a woman. I bet everywhere. you there's. I bet you there's a woman in white on that boat. Oh, I'm I sure. Yeah. But you got to figure a ship that sent that has spent that time in in service and battle um, definitely oh, has seen sure. its form of of tragedy and whatnot. Um. And so there's, there's got to be stuff running around on there. Well, I just don't. I just couldn't find any actual stories of it, which is amazing for something that's so old. Well, even just the residual stuff, right? If you think about all the men over the centuries, you know, because it's over 200 years old, so I'm going to say centuries that were down there. All the, I mean, think of all the yelling and all the orders that were being commanded and yeah, and whatnot. I mean, I'm sure that the, there are people. If you were to spend the night there, it would make perfect sense that you would. You know, hear things, hear yelling, or hear cannon fire, or something, yeah. or sailors, you know, yeah. pissed yeah. off about having to wash the deck again, or, or whatever. Yeah, you know, 
Well, and you know the thing is, the ship was never beaten in beaten in battle, which is one of the reasons why it actually still sits in a harbor. Um, but just the the fact that you know it's been in some you know major fights and stuff like that, it's going to have that emotion attached to it, right? And and you think about who was on it. These these were men who weren't typically uh, you know pressed to be sailors. These were. You know, men who who served, there, you know, in the military. Yeah, you, the yeah. naval and officers so, and, mar- and marines actually were on yeah. those ships. And why were they there? Because, like pirates, they loved the letter C. No, just the C. <laughs> they loved the C. <laughs> the letter C. Well, yeah, that reminds me of a joke that I heard once. Uh, what's a f- pirate's favorite letter? R. You think it would be the R, but no, it'd be the C. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they oh. loved being at sea, and so that would be a place that was home for them right and a happy place for them so yeah it would make sense that there'd be plenty of hauntings there absolutely and i would i'd be willing to bet a lot of them are probably residual um you know but i mean obviously people have died on that ship and so there's always the chance for intelligent hauntings so josh did have some hauntings on there but we his uh, cat ate the notes yeah i'm putting it on willow she did. She jumped right up and she ate the notes right in front of us. And it was it was actually terrifying and horrible to watch at the same stroke. <laughs> but if you are ever in Boston and you do get a spare oh, hour and a half, two hours, uh, head down to the harbor and you can go and tour uh, the USS Constitution. Right. And, uh, and yeah, it would be awesome. It is one of the, you know, it's a tall ship. It's got three masts. It, it would be awesome to see the, the ship with or without the sails up. And if you want to investigate it, take your micro dowsing rods and just quietly when nobody's looking, ask a question. Right. He's like, yeah, are you Maybe here? don't do that. I don't know. I've never tried that, but I really want to. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of places I want to just take my dowsing rods and just ask. All right. Well, so let's talk about another one. Uh, so this one is called the Steam Fairy Berkeley. Uh, with a name like Berkeley, you'd imagine it has to do with California hippies in California. And you're not far off. It is California. So uh, the Steam Ferry Berkeley started service around uh, November 6th of 1898. So it was the first propeller-driven ferry on the Pacific coast instead of the old paddle wheel like you're used to seeing for like the old steam ferries, right? The old river boats. So most of its service was in the Bay Area between San Francisco and Oakland. So just kind of transversing the Bay there. And it was used up all the way up until uh, 1958, which is actually fairly recent for a, an old, you know, ferry such like that. Because uh, you I mean you think about it, when was the Golden Gate Bridge? You know, I don't know. No, no idea. I don't know, but it's old, right? So you right. could you could drive from San Francisco to Oakland, and it was a lot probably a lot easier than taking the well, yeah, because it started ferry. in 1898 and well, it yeah. went to 1958. I mean, so it's yeah. been around. It's been around. Yeah. So after the 1906 San Francisco earthquake. It was used 24-7 to carry people away from the damage and the fires in San Francisco all the way up to Oakland. And it could haul 1,700 people on a normal day. But after the earthquake, it was actually transferring over 2,400 people at a time. And because of all of the uh, energy of the people who survived the horrific quake and the fires, it left a lot of energy on the boat, a lot of you know residual hauntings. And people have reported hearing disembodied voices and conversations, ghostly footsteps, uh, crying, moaning, weeping—you know all the, all the fun stuff that goes on with that. 
the only documented death on the ship took place in the men's bathroom. Funny enough, right? Somebody was straining too hard. <laughs> had a just, coronary and died. You think the one place where somebody died was in the bathroom right. on this whole ship. <laughs> it's like one of those like Elvis engine, moments. Like engine room I would get, you know, passenger cabin, sure. Somebody fell overboard. Mm-hmm. Nope, he died in the bathroom. Um, so now documented doesn't mean the the only only death. It's just that this is the only one that's on record. Yeah, so there could have been other deaths on the ship. They just weren't documented. So who knows how many deaths were actually on the ship, on right. any of these ships. Or in that right. bathroom. I mean, nobody's going to write, write that in the notes. <laughs> Died trying to push one out. <laughs> um, but uh, today where that bathroom is, it's now a staff break room. But back in October of 1911, uh, on one of its trips to Oakland, there was a mining engineer by the name of John Norbum. And he was in the bathroom. He had a vial of nitroglycerin in his back pocket, just like most of us usually do. Oh, I yeah, carry I care- nitroglycerin every right. day. All the time. It's for his heart, right? No, it's uh, for mining. It's for mining. <laughs> a whole vial of it, yeah. That'll get your heart going for sure. <laughs> well, somehow it fell out of his po- back pocket. And I can only guess if he was in the bathroom. Maybe he dropped his pants and... Oh man! You know, like when your cell phone falls out of your pocket in the like bathroom. There was like the fumes from the bathroom just to help ignite that. You know, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but when that vial hit the uh, hit the floor, uh, like the, the explosion, stogie, like the stogie in <laughs> Christmas vacation. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Christmas tree. Um, but anyway, when this uh, the vial fell out, it caused an explosion and it burned up his backside. Now, when it says when it said backside, I don't know if that just means his butt. <laughs> or if it means like the his whole back, the whole his entire back. I'm going to wager it was the entire back half yeah. of his body. It has to have been because if he died and passed away, but not only did it injure him, it also injured five other people. Mm-hmm. That's right? a pretty big explosion. That's a huge yeah. explosion. But John was the only casualty from that explosion, and uh, um, there's rumors whether it was actually intentional or on accident. Yeah, because his family claims that he would never carry a vial of nitroglycerin on him. So there's like rumors well, that this was like. Somebody planning his death, like intentional. So it could have been murder. So it could have been murder. Yeah. Or just someone that just, you know, did a Homer Simpson, took a radioactive thing home in his <laughs> pocket. And Look what I found. It's the beginning of The Simpsons, yeah. Um, okay, but there have been sightings of a man wearing a fedora in the break room. Like So that's why I said that the this where this bathroom was is now a boy break room. Right. Uh, they've been seen uh, wearing this man wearing a fedora in the break room where this explosion happened. And it's believed that this is the spirit of John Norbum. Now, others have said that the bathroom stalls on the ship will lock by themselves. And there's also been reports of objects disappearing and then reappearing as well as doors being slammed by unseen hands. Spooky. Well, it's spooky if you're sitting in the break room taking a break and all of a sudden there's some dude in the hat. Disappears. Your Put your standing. lunch in the fridge and then you go to get it and your lunch is gone. Dang it. What am I going to eat today? You're in the bathroom and all of a sudden the bathroom door slams shut next to you. Oh, the worst is like... scare the crap out of you. If the door... It's a good thing you're sitting down. ...unlocks right. while you're in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's even worse. those lock from the inside. Yep. Oh, that would be... That would be yeah. So is it is it bad to, for me to wonder if when they see the guy in the break room with the fedora, if he's got his pants up or down? <laughs> no, I kind of wonder the same thing. <laughs> well, in the, all, all you know is okay. the explosion happened in the bathroom. But you don't know what he was doing in the bathroom right. when the explosion happened. So he, yeah, he could have been know. washing his hands. Could have. 
Or he could have been sitting down. He could have been trowel. He well, could have yeah, been jumping up and down. Yeah, that's how it fell out of his pocket, right? Yep. Yeah. Like, who knows? So, I would hope that maybe he sat down on, he was just like going to read the paper. Didn't even drop his pants, just sat down on it, broke the vial, and it... Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. How how volatile is nitroglycerin? Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. Highly vol- volatile. Like, if you break a vial, is it just boom? It Yeah. It's like one of those things that you got to be very careful with shocking it because it'll explode so all right it's what's yeah. inside of of uh dynamite yeah either so, way yeah. it's impressive that it did not take the whole more shit damage down to the ship yeah well i mean it could have been a small amount it could have been a very small amount of nitroglycerin i wouldn't imagine yeah. it'd be a lot right it was you don't enough, need much no but it was enough to take six people down so <laughs> Yeah. Were, yeah, were they all in the bathroom too? I don't know. How big That's is this a bathroom? Very yeah, I, don't, bathroom. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, but it's just funny. Yeah, you hear the boom and you're like, do not go in there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, so that's the uh, the steamship, the steam ferry, Berkeley. Berkeley. Um, now this is uh, you can still go visit this one, right? Yes, you can. It's in San Diego. San Diego. Nice. What what harbor? What is it in a like a harbor? Um, or? it's actually there's like a whole museum, like a floating yeah, a museum. Maritime museum it's down the, there. the yeah, the maritime museum that's got like there's this one. The next boat that uh, that Mike's got is the Star India is also there. There's a couple submarines. There was a couple frigates. There's can't remember what's all there, but it's like all this so there's floating. A, there's a lot. Yeah, it's there's a lot. It's all this floating museum. Oh, that's cool. In San Diego. And it I almost it makes me want to go to California. Yeah, it was almost. only like $20 to get in and to go tour all these boats and ships and stuff that's just at this maritime museum place. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I should look it up. It's, it looks like I'd, a really cool place to go visit. I'd go for that. Right? Yeah. And then just stay and do a ghost hunt there, too. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, hey. Can we just spend well, the night? Yeah, well, guys, then, and, Josh well, is the master of, of convincing people to let us go. There are the ghosts. There are ghost investigative teams in California that have gone and investigated these boats. Yeah, nice. I've I've seen so, stuff from like the Star of India yeah. and and stuff. So, yeah, I know you can go do it. It's just a matter of cost, uh-huh. cost, cost, and, and what they're offering. Yeah, so. and mm-hmm. and of course, it's a drive to San Diego, which is not horrible. Not a it's, not horrible, but it's, it's not short either. It's doable. Yeah. But it's nice to know that there's places around, like ships like that around. Because most of the stuff I would think of would be out east in like Maryland and Boston mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it's like, wow, that's, you know, from Utah, it's a, you know, couple thousand mile drive, not, you know, you know a few hundred. I, I like the fact that there's just the history is being preserved. Yeah. Well, especially with boats, right? All things are cool. Yeah, boats don't last long. They don't. They they start to deteriorate, which makes it even cooler that like these ships are over a hundred years old that are still around, which makes it pretty neat. So. It reminds me of the movie Battleship. Never seen it. No. Nope. Oh yeah, they fight aliens with the old battleship. Yeah, they fight aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like ID four, but with uh, ships. Okay. But they actually, never seen that. They actually play like battleship. You haven't seen Independence Day. You've seen Independence Day. It's been a long time ago. Or like Cowboys versus Aliens. I saw that, oh, that one, but I don't yeah. remember. Oh, that, was that, a docu- that was a great documentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where Independence Day was, you know, uh, a, a premonition. Right. Mm-hmm. But, so. you know, with Battleship, they actually fight them by playing Battleship, Battleship with the boys. They, yeah. they, they know where the, <laughs> it is because the buoy sets off a thing. And so they count spaces and... <laughs> 
Well, I'm you serious. Gotta, you got to bring it in somehow. You, you need name to it watch after a game. more movies. <laughs> Are you sure? Because that sounds awful. It's actually not too bad. Okay, what's the next ship you got, Josh? Uh, the USS Constellation, which this one you have to be a little careful on. Because there have been three ships in history that have been given the name the USS Constellation. Yep. So the first one is not the one we're going to talk about. That doesn't exist anymore. The third one we're not going to talk about because... It's on Star Trek. You can't get on that ship. It's it's brand new. It's a brand new warship. Um, so ain't no one ever going to let you touch that one. Um, unless you happen to be in the Navy. Wasn't there a Star Trek one, though, too? The, US, the USS Constellation? Constellation? I think so. I'm I don't not, know. I'm I not a Trekkie. I'm not either. Neither is he, so I don't even know why he's bringing that up. I don't know. It's random facts from there's right. there's from a things. USS Enterprise Navy ship, and there's a USS Enterprise. That's a stretch. Or S. I don't whatever. <laughs> I think you're right though. Um, all of them are haunted. <laughs> the ghosts of all the red shirt people are all over the Star Trek. They world. always die. They do, except for Scotty. <laughs> Um, Tell us about the constellation. Yeah, so the second constellation is one we're talking about. It was a sloop uh, designed by John Lenthal and was constructed at the Norfolk Naval Yard in Virginia. Commissioned in July of 28th of 1855, it was later departed under Captain Charles H. Bell for a three-year cruise with the Mediterranean Squadron to protect American interests. So another ship that goes out and goes into the Mediterranean and fights pirates and does all sorts of fun stuff. The cool thing about the ship is 1860, one week after Confederate forces fired on Fort Sumner, President Abraham Lincoln issued a proclamation declaring a blockade of the southern ports. So uh, if you are a historian of the Civil War, um, this this is one of those things that helped us help the North uh, beat the South uh, by cutting off uh, supply lines to the ports. Totally. Um, so this is one of the ships that was there. Uh, he then called uh, the enlistment of 18,000 additional seamen. Following uh, the president's orders, the Constellation seized the, seized the brig Triton on May 21st, 1861, which belonged to the, which being the U.S. Navy's first capture of the Civil War. Um, although the Constellation's men found no slaves on board the captured vessel, they noted that every preparation for the reception had been made. So there's always this thought that there was going to be. Uh, some slaves on board during that uh, during that time. Um, then the constellation was also sent out to the West Indies, um, doing some uh, good old pirate travel, um, and uh, taking on the pirates. And then in 1892, the constellation sailed for Gibraltar uh, to assemble works of art for the Columbian Exposition. Additionally, she stopped at Naples and going to butcher this, La Harvey, La Havre, and ultimately returned back to New York in February of 1893. Afterward, the Constellation departed on her final trip or final training cruise to Gibraltar in June 7th, 1893, later returning under, under sail for the last time on August 29th. And then on September 2nd, 1893, she was placed out of commission in, in Annapolis, Maryland, and was subsequently towed by tug to Norfolk, Virginia for repairs. And then, and then she became a ghost hunting ship. <gasps> right on. There's ghosts on it. There's ghosts on it. Tell us about some ghosts. I will. Tell me a story. So there are a handful of manifestations that have been found on this ship. Um, so we'll go through kind of uh, each one of them. Oh, look at that. 
there's no woman in white. <laughs> oh, wow. she's there. She's there. She just hasn't been. <laughs> she just hasn't been found. Hasn't been found out yet. So there's a ghost of Neil Harvey that's um, reportedly on the ship. So he uh, was actually court-martialed for cowardice in 1799. And he left. He had left his assigned station at his at his gun in fear uh, of with the Battle of the French in 1799, uh, where the 36-gun French frigate uh, insurgent was engaged and captured. So as a result of being convicted uh, of, of cowardice and also being a traitor, Lieutenant Start, Starrett um, started off Harvey's punishment by sticking him with his sword. So he was wounded, but still alive. He was then executed in traditional brutal in the traditional brutal way but uh used by both the british and american in this era he was tied to the front cannon and uh, then he was tied yeah. in front of the cannon mm-hmm. and then they fired it dude come on honestly though i would rather go that way than when they would put him under the boat and drag him under the boat i can't remember what that's called awfulness is what that's yeah. called <laughs> it's it's awful it's but called yeah. attitude adjustment horrible way to go <laughs> right um. So he offer he often appears as a shimmering mass, because this is the way he sees himself after being blown up. He wants to be forgiven for being a coward. He wasn't a traitor though, and wants to find a way to clear his name. You know what I like about that? What you said there. I like how he portrays himself, how he wants to be seen. Right. Because spirits can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's and that's the thing, right? We've we've seen them like. Or been you know we've seen them you know change their shape to to look like something maybe more menacing or less menacing, mm. uh, depending on what it is. It's called kill holly. That's what it oh, is. Oh, oh, I've heard of the yeah. term. I just didn't know what yeah. it was. No, kill hauling is a form of punishment where they would throw you out the front of the boat and then you'd get dragged under the boat and then they take you out the back, which you didn't think would be bad, but if they have all those barnacles on the bottom, uh, that's like glass cutting through you in the salt water. Like so I, I would rather be tied to the front of a cannon and died instantly versus <laughs> possibly drowning and being dragged underneath a boat. <laughs> right? That's awful. But yeah, it's kill hauling. So uh, that's just... Oh, Lord. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that one. <laughs> Bottom line, just do what you're told. Right. Well, the, the thing is, is like, I've heard of people, you know, in the military ab- abandoning their post, right? Mm-hmm. But generally, that's like in a ground warfare where you can get away. Yeah. Where are you going to go on your ship if you abandon your post? Nowhere. You had to go to the bathroom. Not in battle. <laughs> you hold it. You hold it. Or you pee yourself. What if you can't hold what if it? You then can't hold it any longer. You then you pee yourself. And how you... accurate are your shots if you if just if if you're like holding a rifle, how accurate are your shots if you're like doing the pee pee dance? This is a cannon. They don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well you still gotta light the thing. <laughs> yeah. If you can't hold the punk stalk still long enough to get the fuse. I'm just being devil's advocate here. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I mean I think he admits to being a coward. Like and I get it. Like War is scary, and people lose their nerve when when bullets start flying. You know, and you got cannonballs hitting the side of the ship where you're by your gun. Like it's gonna freak you out. Mm-hmm. So I get it, um, but yeah, it's just it's awful. So just in the 18th, 19th centuries, or 
Yeah, just don't abandon your post or you're going to get blown up by a cannon. <laughs> At least it's quick. Um, so Lieutenant Commander Alan Ross um, Broham, Brom, on board the Pike, took a picture of one of the entities um, of an 18th or 19th century officer that was described as having a bluish-white radiancy, wearing an old-fashioned uniform with gold stripes on his trousers, wearing a cocked hat, and carrying a sword. So they believe that that was actually a picture of of uh, Neil Harvey. Um, so another reporting there is Carl Hansen. Uh, he was the ship's 20th century watchman until 1965. He adored the ship and had a strong emotional bond to the ship. In his younger days, he was a Royal Navy cook, making him an old sailor himself. His ghost likes to play cards and will cheerfully give tours to unsuspecting guests, such as a priest who thought he was a real person. And then at a Sea Scout Halloween party, he sat next to a young girl and smiled at her. Perv. <laughs> I think he sounds like a fun guy to be like. He'd be a fun guy to hang out with. Dude, I think this. I think the ship's cooks are always the guys that just they have the stories, and they're probably the most popular because, or well, maybe not. I don't know. It depends on good you are, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he sounds like a like. Imagine like just like you're going around and here's this guy giving you a tour of the ship, right? And the next thing you know, it's like, hey, that dude doesn't work. There's no guy on the ship. You don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not a real person. That's a ghost. Yeah. That's Steven Seagal. But if you loved his job that much, just show up and just be like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Let me show you around. <laughs> let me show you the ship. That would be cool. Right? It's like, let me show you all the haunted places. Let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> Your tour guide is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be spectacularly cool. Y'all want to see something cool? Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> I walked through the door. Now I'm back. So there's supposed to be a spirit of an 11 year old boy on the ship. He was the surgeon's assistant aboard um, aboard the Constitution or Constellation. I'm sorry, Constitution. Jeez. Uh, between 1820 and 1822, he was murdered by two other sailors with a knife in the cockpit of the Orlop deck. Um, and this is according to a, a psychic from the uh, with Hans Holzer. So Hans, I don't know. You know, I mean, take that with the a grain of salt. Grain of salt know. for sure. <laughs> Hans know. is like one of the grandfathers of ghost hunting. So. Well, absolutely. Um, you know, it's just it's a tougher one. Like I've I've always found. Uh, the media the psychics a little bit tougher because just because it's it's not that i don't know they don't believe that they see what they see it's just tougher because it's like i can't see what you see yeah and so it's like you can tell me that yeah like you can tell me there's a boy standing over there and this is his story it's like but i can't see him yeah so um and then there's a sailor um, who became overwhelmed with awful conditions on board and hung himself. Um, and he's seen floating around across the uh, the gun in the forecastle decks. See that I'd buy. Right. So, and there was like, there was a list of like 49 uh, deaths on the ship. Wow. So it's there's. Warship, so. Right. Yeah. It's been in battle. It's, it, it had a long career of, of fighting. So, you know, people obviously died of this, that, and the other, whether it's, you know, murder or, or suicide or, or, you know, malnutrition or whatnot. So where's the, the constellation now? Do you know? Um, Maryland, I believe. 
Let me take a quick look. And you could go get your ghost tour there. So Actually, no. I rely. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you a curveball. No, no, that's all right. It's, it's, in, it's in Baltimore's Inner Harbor. Baltimore, Maryland. You're right. Yeah, I was right. It's like, I nice. knew that. Then I saw something from New York. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And yeah. now that's just where I got repairs. <laughs> all right. Well, the next one we're going to talk about, uh, we actually uh, alluded to it before. Um, Terry mentioned it is also currently in San Diego. It's the same, right next right. door to the Berkeley. Probably right <laughs> next to the Berkeley is the Star of India. Josh mentioned it as well. So uh, claims are that this is the world's oldest active sailing ship. I don't know exactly what the techno- technical terms are to make something a active ship or not this one they do take out to sea uh twice a year probably would qualify and so and that's and i i would think that maybe that also means she not still towed. moves in the water she's not dry dock she's not anchored. well i know like she's... the constitution was pretty old too right wasn't that mm-hmm. yeah 223 years so but i think it's towed i don't think that actually yeah, I don't. Think, I don't think they put the. They sails might down tow on. it. Yeah, I think this one they actually put the sails up and they. They put the sails up. They all wear seat. like you know bandanas on their heads and. <laughs> and cigarettes. Some guy with like sing a, pirate songs. Yeah, right. Mm, they put a hook on their hand. Peg legs. And <laughs> gotta have a parrot. Prim the main sails, just swabbies. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> well, her maiden voyage. So it's the world's eldest active sailing ship. Her maiden voyage was in 1863. Um, you know, it was originally named the Uterp, and it sailed under a British flag. So, 1863, give you an idea of how old this ship is that was built the same time as Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Uh, she sailed around the world 21 times. That's a lot of times around the world. She was used for transporting people from the British Empire to the British, or for the British Empire, from England down to uh, Australia and New Zealand uh, when they were developing that area. It would transport folks and cargo out of India, and just all over the world. Uh, In 1898, she was sold to the United States and was christened as the Star of India. Totally better name, in my opinion. Um, Soon after that, she became a salmon fishing boat off the coast of Alaska until her retirement in 1923. I I find that kind of weird, because it's kind of a completely different style of... (laughs) Used for a boat, a weird boat for fishing. It's like, yeah. hey, it's a big cargo ship. Let's use it. Go, let's go fishing. Yeah, but at least it had a big hold to hold salmon, right? Though, at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, and especially if it was bought, if it was bought by the United States, but so they buy this ship and then they just go fishing with it. After it was like traveled the world and been down to New Zealand and everywhere. Is Oof. that like? Is that the same as like putting a horse out to stud? Like, <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs> let's go get some fish. Could be. It's like taking the the love boat and using it for. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where you're going <laughs> with that one. In uh, 1927, she was sold to the San Diego Zoological Society, where she was actually going to be fitted as a floating aquarium, which to me just boggles the mind. However, we've um, been to a floating aquarium. Did we? In Depot Bay in Oregon. We went to one. Was it a floating aquarium? Yeah. I don't remember. I went that to part. one. I was at one in uh, Boston. Yeah. They're out there. Yeah. So uh, she was going to be fitted to be a floating aquarium, but uh, the Great Depression and World War II made that, you know, to never come to fruition. Uh, she is known as the most one of the most haunted ships in the country. The ship has had shadow apparitions and full body apparitions. People have reported being touched. People have having physical manifestations of things and light anomalies, uh, along with disembodied voices, 
lots of EVP activity, along with hearing footsteps, just all sorts of stuff. Uh, one of the ghosts aboard the ship is a 14-year-old boy named John Campbell. And in 1884, he had snuck aboard the ship. And when he was found, the captain allowed him to stay and earn his keep. Uh, one day, he slipped and fell 100 feet from the top of the mast when letting down the sails. And he landed on the deck below. Uh, he was broken and bloody, and his legs were mangled, as you can probably imagine. That's a heck of a fall, 100 not, feet. Right. If, you know, if he'd have done it and did the superhero pose, like when he landed... He would have been okay. <laughs> like Black Panther? Yeah, you put like one leg out to the left. You kind of absorb the blow with your right leg. and then That superhero pose you know, absorbs all this. That landing. It does. It that's does. How, that's it's that landing. That's how, they, that's how they can do it. Yeah. But being a 14-year-old in the late 1800s, he didn't know that. So Sadly, he was mangled, and uh, he ended up dying three days later. Uh, people visiting the ship have reported feeling something brushing up against them where he fell. And also about feeling their backs being touched. Yeah, one of his games that he liked to play was Duck Duck Goose, and so he would like he goes and like draws on the backs of the people and stuff like that, trying to get them to come play with him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what we do then is if we ever get the chance to investigate, this we, problem, play oh, Duck, Duck yeah. we play Duck Duck Goose. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, gonna awesome. go, I'm gonna go teach him how to do a superhero landing. <laughs> but right? you have to jump off the top of the mast first. No. <laughs> I couldn't get up the mast, dude. You know, that's a, that's a hundred feet of climbing. I'm, I am yeah. not doing that. I'm old. I'm fat. Be afraid of and I have short digits. <laughs> no. Short fingers, short arms. Yeah. See, I've been amazed that people can, like, I've been on, 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 you know, decent water with like 10 foot waves and stuff like that. And I can't imagine trying to climb the to the top. In any type of weather out on the ocean. Right. The oh, falling yeah. off. Right. Well, another ghost on the ship is Army Captain McBarnett. I uh, don't have a first name for him, but uh, while he was on board in 1875, people had claimed that he'd been drinking heavily and was severely depressed, as I could totally buy that. You know, being I, I'm a land lover, and if he's an Army Captain being stuck on a boat out at sea... Yeah, I, I get it. He was severely depressed, and four days into the voyage to New Zealand from England, he slit his own throat. Now, when he was found, they rushed him to the ship surgeon, where he was quickly stitched up and was placed in the first mate's cabin under watch. And um, he was left alone for one solitary moment, and he tore open his stitches and bled out, and he died there in the cabin. Jeez. So... There have been reports of strange things happening in the first mate's cabin uh, during a, a fourth grade overnight stay. This is this is what I thought that was interesting. A fourth grade overnight stay. Yeah, who goes on the overnighters boat. in fourth grade? I, I don't know. Never did. Oh, that, that yeah. But one of the teachers was sleeping in that cabin, and the blanket was ripped off off of her in the middle of the night. She also reported that she felt the warm room grow cold, and there was a strange presence in the room there with her. Uh, then in 1909, when she was uh, making a return trip back to Alaska, a Chinese fisherman was guiding the massive anchor in position, and he lost his balance under the chain locker. His fellow crewmen were unable to hear his screams as he was crushed to death by thousands of pounds of cold steel. And uh, people have claimed to feel cold spots in the room and have felt a certain presence in that room as well. Uh, that's why they believe that uh, it's the spirit of this poor fisherman. 
That's awful. It is. See, you do have to have tragedies to have a haunting. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You don't. But it seems like they, they do tend to... They tend to follow the tragedies, follow tragedies. for sure. But I'm sure there's plenty of other spirits on that boat that were just lovers of the sea. Well, figure it went around the it went around the world 21 times. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's seen its fair share of stuff, right? Storms. Yeah, storms and pirates. Yeah, I can't imagine. That's the thing is like four days into a journey, right from England to New Zealand. How long of a trip is that? That has got to be months. Well, yeah, and you don't, you're not, you don't have any steam power. You don't have, this it's all, all by the cells, by the power of the wind. Right. And if you're blessed to have wind. Well, yeah, right. But think of this though, like if you're part of the ship, right? Because an army captain wouldn't be, right? So if you're part of the ship, then you got something to do. But what do you do for two months on a ship when you got nothing to do? I don't know. So I've, Sorry, you go stir crazy. I've wondered that a lot, right? With uh, my ancestors crossing, you know, in the eighteen mid eighteen fifty six, you know, Mary, my spirit guide, you know, came across on a, on a boat, and what was that voyage like? I mean, there were people that died, yeah, and a lot of people that got sick, and a lot of disease and stuff on the boats because conditions aren't always. It's not like the cruise ships that you have today. A floating mall. <laughs> yeah, they don't yeah. have that casinos kind of stuff. and yeah, good, bathroom, good right. food, restaurants. Yeah. You know, so sanitation was was not good. No. You didn't have a chance to take baths or showers. I mean, no, food was usually heavily salted. That's why scurvy yeah. was so prominent on, on so ships. It just all of these ships, you know, whether it's a warship or even just the transportation, had to have been. And maybe it's just because they're hardier people than we are. I don't know, but I just I don't know that I could do it. That's because we couldn't do it without our iPhones and our, our cell phones and our all of our technology. Yeah, it's yeah. like wait, you, I can't watch a movie on the ship, right? Uh, what there's am I what? do? I can't. There's no. You don't waters. watch movies anyway, Josh. No so water slide. That's true. <laughs> See now the ship's all like water slides and. Lots of food places. They oh, yeah. have roller coasters on cruise ships yeah. now. It's ridiculous. Twenty four seven pizza buffet. I mean, yeah, they got they got their things going on. Casinos, all you can drink, food, alcohol. You'd think I'd been on a. This cruise This is all ship. coming I've, from somebody who's never been on a cruise ship. I've never been on a cruise ship, but I did see Neither one once. We. Oh, I have. I've been I on one it. cruise. I've seen one on TV. I've I've stood next to them. On the dock, and that was enough to know that these <laughs> things are ginormous. They're huge. Well, They're I, I, the closest I've ever been to one is uh, was in L.A. We went out to the uh, port there at uh, Long, Long Beach, Beach. Mm-hmm. and we got there just in time to see a Carnival cruise sailing away. Yeah, but parked right next to where that Carnival cruise was, and I, I don't know, did we wave like from our car? There was nobody out on the decks like they do in the TV shows or the movies. No, nobody. Came. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, they were probably already eaten. <laughs> Probably drinking, yeah, drinking, yeah. <laughs> they were doing but, the safety course. You have to have the safety thing. Oh, about. yeah. <laughs> Do you have to actually pay attention, like you know, or is it like on an airplane? They go over like where your life vests are in your cabins, and you know, ports of exit from your cabins, and where the lifeboats are at. There's like a whole. It's kind of like the safety briefing on the airplanes of you know, but what to do? Yeah, yeah. But they do it in smaller pods. Your exits yeah. are to the left and straight down the road. In but, case of a yeah, 
Your seat could be used as a flotation device. <laughs> Anyways. I don't know. It makes me nervous. But next to where that ship was leaving, um, in fact, we drove right next to it, was the lovely... Queen Mary. Queen Mary. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Let's talk about the Queen Mary. Yeah, this is going to be probably the bulk of the podcast because there's so much information available on the Queen Mary. There's a lot. It's crazy. It's also the newest ship. <laughs> Yeah. Of all of the ones we are going to well, cover. Well, the thing is, it's the newest ship, but it's still pretty old. It's older than I am, and that's, that's pretty old. Uh-huh. So it was originally, it was the RMS Queen Mary. Now, do you know what the RMS stands for? I do. Yeah, I do too. I think we all do. <laughs> it stands for what, Terry? <laughs> Royal Mail Ship. Yes, it does. Yep. I was trying to think of something um, whimsical to say, but I lost out. <laughs> you missed. <laughs> really. Missed the mark. Really mature ship. <laughs> It's because it's so old. <laughs> but there's also a lot of myths on some of these hauntings on if they're, the stories are actually real. We're going to get to that. But it changed to HMS, right? No. HMS Pinafore? Yes. No, it was never an HMS. It was always an RMS, RMS. So what was the? So that was the thing, the distinction between the two. The HMS? HMS and RMS. Yeah, because the HMS is Her Majesty's She's ship. ship. Right. Yeah. And then there was the RMS, so there's mail ships. Right. Well, so, they so would carry the They carried the mail. They would carry mail, but even the even the Titanic was the RMS Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. As a royal mail ship, then could it like no be like it's protected? It cannot be touched. Uh-huh. Well, they should. Carry, I mean, like they're not warships. A, like a courier with a marked bag. It it's like a cruise ship with mail on the bottom. Yeah, because this was like a luxury liner cruise ship. I mean, this thing was top-notch, best of the best when it was built. Mm-hmm. It's named after a queen. I mean, come on. What do you want? <laughs> should be, right? <laughs> well, it was bigger, faster, and more powerful than the Titanic. Yeah. For sure. So. Britain's, yeah. Britain's, was, you yeah. know. And it had a much better career than the Titanic. Well, I, it sure did. Thing, did you know it was built by the same company of the Titanic? The White Star Line? Yes. Yes. It was built by the White Star Line. Um, it was built at Clyde Bank in Scotland on the Clyde River. Scotland. And the first steel plate was laid on December 1st of 1930. I was there. Keep wow. going. I was there. It was keep great. Going? Okay. You got it. Um, the construction of the Queen Mary was halted a year later, so in December of 1931, due to the Great Depression, which also happened. The Great Depression also hit the Star of India from being the floating aquarium. But yep. anyways. Um, and then she sat and worked in resume again until May of 1934. So she sat for, what, three years? Three years, a piece three of a years. ship. <laughs> Just a, the whole of the ship sat yep. there for three years. <laughs> what you building? <laughs> we don't know yet. An arc. <laughs> What's an arc? So, but then they resumed the building of her, and then she was launched and christened, christened on December, no, sorry, September 26th of 1934. I don't feel like that's the right And date. then when is her maiden voyage? No, that's, right. that's, no, right. that's right. So, I have that her maiden but, voyage was May 27th, 1936. Yeah, that was down here. I have that down here. So, it was christened... A it little was, bit before it yeah, actually Yeah, it was christened a little bit because when she was christened, she had no power. She had no power on her when she was christened. So what they had to do, um, she was launched and then she was rigged with chains and then she was pulled by tugboats up the Clyde River to um, the shipyard where she was fitted with her steam engines. 
Oh, so it was just basically a beautiful hull of a ship with nothing to push it. Nothing to push it. Oh, but the, this is what. But it took crazy. Him 18 months to pull her up the Clyde River to the shipyard. Dang. So it took That's over a, a long year. Trip over a year to get her because she was so big. They had to dredge the river in some parts to get her through it because she was so big. Jeez. Once you think before you built it that you got to be, well, you got to figure out, you got to pull it through the hole first. Right? <laughs> Right. And so when she was fitted with her steam engines, they it was the largest of the time. She had four engines placed in two engine rooms and each engine provided 42,000 horsepower, which totaled just over 160,000 horsepower for all four engines. You know what that equals to? About 200 Ferraris. Ooh. Dang. <laughs> that's still, I mean, I don't think it's as much as we got today, but that's still pretty cool. That's one of the reasons why she was one of the fastest ships at the time when she was built. Because she had oh, yeah. all that horsepower. She was the Ferrari of the sea. Literally. I was like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's the nickname I just gave her. So, yeah. And she was over 1,000 feet long, 23 stories tall. She could sleep over 2,000 people. She was 80,000 tons. Um, so, she, so. Was, she was a big ship. How, yeah. how close was she to, like, to the Titanic? Oh. Oh. I have that. Yeah, I you, texted Terry a picture. You have that. Mike has that. Let me get that for you. Yeah, when she was built in 1936, she was the largest ocean liner ever made at the time. Yeah, that's huge. So, uh, she, the Titanic, was 269 meters long. So, a meter is about three feet, right? Yeah, roughly. So, do your math. Uh, Queen Mary was 310 meters long. So, so another full so 50, 50. 269 50. to 310. So, yeah, a full another 40. 50, yeah, yeah, about 40 yeah. meters. Yeah. It's a pretty good distance. Like, it's 100 feet, at least uh, over 100 feet longer. So yeah. that's, a, that's a good size. Yeah, it's a good, a good size. size ship. She was pretty much bigger. She was pretty much. But it's not as big as the Love Boat. <laughs> it's because the Love Boat was a modern day cruise ship. Well, yeah. modern for Ish. its time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jimmy, do you have the story on how she was named the Queen Mary? I do not. You don't? Mm-hmm. Okay. So originally, she was, she, they wanted to name her the Queen Victoria. And so the builders went to the king because you had to get the king's permission to use the queen's name to name your ship. And when they went to, to King George V for permission to name the ship, the Queen Victoria, they said that they wanted to name the ship after Britain's greatest queen. And the king said, my wife, Mary of Tech, would love that. <laughs> <laughs> so who's going to fight the king and be like, no, 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 no. We, we want meant, Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> I think Victoria would have been his grandmother. I don't. I don't know. I think it was but, his grandmother. Yeah, but either way, but it's either like, way, he's not like, the sitting queen. Sure. No, he's but like no. yeah, the sitting queen. And so, so they just went along with yeah. it, and they just her. They just went with it and named her the Queen Mary. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's all right. They got a. They later have a, a Queen Victoria boat. Hey, do you have information on her first voyage? Uh, I just have where it says that, uh, where they were, uh, a lot of the rich sailed on her. Yeah. So her maiden voyage, um, the Atlantic crossing was May 27th of 1936 and she went to New York. She was greeted in New York with the huge fanfare. There were thousands of people crowded on the docks and there were, cause you know, it's the biggest ship of all time. Everybody wanted to see yeah, the Titanic right? didn't make it. The party they, they had didn't get to see one. the Titanic. They did not. <laughs> 
Um, there was hundreds of boats in the harbor to greet her, and they had tons of fire department boats out there with their fire hoses going, and planes were low buzzing the ship. It was just great big, huge fanfare welcoming her to New York. And, you know, many rich and famous people traveled on her. Some were Fred Astaire, uh, Bob Hope, Bing Cosby. Do you have anybody else? Yeah, Duke and Je- uh, Duchess of Windsor, Greta Garbo, Clark Gable, uh, Mary Pickford, uh, George and Ira Gershwin. Mm-hmm. And then there was Sir Sir Winston Churchill, too. Yeah. See, some of those sailed on her like after she served in the war, somewhere before and somewhere after the war, yeah. because she... It's a mix. That's still a yeah. who's who of yeah, people, Yeah, no. Even Walt Disney sailed on her. In fact, I saw a picture where it was Walt Disney, his wife, and his two daughters just disembarking off of her that's awesome yeah it was a cool picture (laughs) wow it was a really cool picture (laughs) so um also she also um helped thousands of jewish refugees escape to america on the ship during right before world war ii broke out she helped the jewish escape but then when world war ii officially started um at first they kind of hid her in the new york harbor because she was to kind of protect her from being a target from all the U-boats. It's the biggest ship in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's a target. <laughs> and they weren't going to fight because at this point, America wasn't part of the war. And so they were hiding her over in the New York Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laugh because we weren't part of the war. Yeah. <laughs> except we were hauling guns and supplies. Oh, yeah. No, we were, we were secretly doing stuff. So, but. No, we weren't. <laughs> so but then that's when they decided to turn her into a warship and so all of the expensive luxuries they had in her all the china all the carpet all the everything got ripped out of her. all of her rooms now became bunk rooms instead of you know suites and um they ended up painting her gray which where she got the nickname of the gray gray ghost the gray, gray ghost, ghost. Mm-hmm. um she carried 15,000 to 16,000 troops at the time um that's would, a lot of people because yeah that's a ton it was only like it was only supposed to carry like two thousand people well yeah because when then they turned all of the rooms into bunk rooms and you could sleep two to four people in a room it's going to increase your capacity yeah imagine taking <laughs> imagine taking a, a giant suite that has like one king size room or queen size bed in it king size bed i don't know and you put 15 people in it and then yeah you have yeah bunk beds that just rolled yeah. in yeah. So, and it be, you know, because the Grey Ghost nickname came because she could make the crossing so fast back and forth without being detected. And she did the zigzag pattern to avoid the torpedoes and the U boats and all that stuff. In fact, she was helping so much with the war effort that Hitler put a bounty of $2,000 on the ship for any U boat. 250000 250000 that could sink her. Wow. That's Dang. a lot of money back then. And. German U-boats were taking out a lot of ships mm-hmm. in the Atlantic Which at that time. Which is interesting for how primitive those U-boats that, really that were. That means that Hitler really wanted her gone. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they were primitive, but the thing is, is there wasn't a counter. No. They were effective, though. We didn't mm-hmm. have a counter to the U-boats because it's like, up until that point in time, I was like, hey, we'll fight everybody above the water. <laughs> and right. they're like, hey, we'll go under. And they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, did you do it at the close of war? Well, there's the accident that she had. Do you have that? No, I don't. Okay. So in October of 1942, Queen Mary was carrying 10,000 troops to Europe, and she accidentally crashed into her ship escort. It was the HMS... Curacoa, I believe is how that's called. Curacoa? Yeah. Sounds Polynesian. Curacoa. 
Um, and due to the huge threat of, uh, you know, of her being taken out by the U-boat, she was under strict orders to never stop for anything whatsoever. And so with her doing the zigzag pattern and moving as fast as she was, the Kurokoa couldn't keep up with her. And in the confusion of who had the right away, she just sliced right through that ship. Oh, jeez. And she ended up leaving behind a crew of 239 people in the sea, but couldn't go back to help with any of the survivors because she had to keep going. Yeah. Um, Eventually, some other escort ships came back and they were able to pull 99 survivors out of that 239. But sadly, there was many men that passed away from that accident. You got to imagine the captain has got to feel just horrible. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, I just ran over a ship but but I can't and stop. I left them to die. I, can't, I, have, to I, keep I have to keep going. But yeah. you got to look at how many she probably had on her carrying. You know, the casualties versus yeah. 239 versus 15,000. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a huge you know? difference. If for there's sure. active difference. U-boat threats there, then yeah, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. But you still feel horrible, though. It's like, oh, yeah. it's like I just left those guys to die. Yeah. It, you know, and it's like, well, that, that sucks. So that right there, a huge tragic accident to cause for a haunting on a ship, right? right? <laughs> That's a lot of emotion just pegged into that, right. that thing at one time, too. Right. Absolutely. Right. And so then you go into the time of Winston Churchill, you know, being on the boat. Um, it was always so secretive whenever he was on the boat because um, he would go back to America and go and meet with President Roosevelt. Um, whenever he was on the Queen Mary, um, it was always in secret. So he was listed as Colonel Warden on the passenger list. And a lot of the D-Day invasion was planned in his stateroom. They actually brought in sand and little models and kind of planned out the invasion in the bathtub in his room. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I'm playing with my little boats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they made a fake beach and planned out the whole D-Day invasion in, I mean, whether this is actually true or not, you know, but right. it's, it's rumored that the D-Day invasion was planned. So if we call Air Force One, Air Force One, because the president's on board, right? Right. Did they give the Queen Mary a special name when Winston Churchill was the, on the... I don't think the, the British do that. I think that's an American I don't know. construct. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? We got boat one. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they call it HMS Pinafore. Uh, Isn't that the Pirates of Penzance? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then Are after you the, the very war... model of a modern major general? <laughs> <laughs> Expert on all things animal and mineral? Yes. <laughs> So then after the war ended, Queen Mary transported troops back home to a huge welcoming ceremony. And in September of 1946, she was back put back to her luxury self-cruiser liner. She had three classes for passengers. There were 771 first-class cabins, 707 cabins, uh, second-class cabins, and that were called cabin class. And then there was 577 third-class, which was called the tourist class. Yeah, because you can't call anybody third-class. No. You're a second class citizen. No, and she pretty much dominated the transatlantic passenger trade for the ship. Um now they call it economy. Yeah, she was a yeah. she was a two week two ship weekly express service um through the latter half of the nineteen forties and the nineteen fifties. So just so just think about that, right? We were talking about you know how long it takes on those sailing ships to make those voyages. It was like a month. And, and she's going twice a week. <laughs> Twice a week, back and forth. You know, yeah, it's Monday. It's like, all right, Going back and forth. Butt. <laughs> I see it. So, so yeah, so you would set sail Monday, get there get about Wednesday. Wednesday. It's like we'll be back on Friday, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's 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 impressive. Yeah, 
because she was so luxurious, like we you know, we said, she attracted a lot of the famous people. Did you have Elizabeth Taylor? Mm-mm. Yeah, Elizabeth Taylor, Audrey Hepburn, Walt Disney. You know, all sold on her. Clark Gable. Yep. That's yeah. That's really like the who's who of Hollywood back at the time. At the time. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, I want. How much was the ticket? Do you guys know? No, I didn't even try mm-hmm. looking that up. We just interesting because like one dollar. How much it would cost? How much it would cost versus right? the different classes and all that stuff right. too. I'm googling it. Here's what's in- <laughs> here's what's interesting though, if you think about it, right? Is at that time you would take the ship and you would cross the Atlantic. You'd go to Europe, and that was the purpose of it. Right? Yeah, it it's- was basically just a transport ship back and forth because there was no air travel mm-hmm. that that much at that time. No, they were not not transatlantic. Yeah. Because it was it was too hard to get across the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. It was a very long flight. So hey, what a ticket cost now? Eighty one dollars. It doesn't sh- it doesn't sail anywhere. I know, but <laughs> but you can go you can go board the ship for eighty one dollars. <laughs> but if you think about it, like the modern day cruise ships now, right? What do you do? Oh, I leave Fort Lauderdale. We go visit some islands, and then we end up in Fort Lauderdale again. Yeah, after. they just make a loop around, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, this was actually, this is how you went from point A to point B yeah. if you wanted to go to Europe. There was no other way right. to get there. Because yeah. you can't travel map by, by, by map like they do the Muppets. No, no, you sure can't. We try. I wish It just I doesn't could. work. I did it once. It was very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> you hit, I hit one of those folds and it messed up my suspension. You got lost. So yeah, so then once you know air travel, they started doing the trans transatlantic air travel with the jet airliners and stuff. Um, it got to the point where she was losing money. Where she was when she was making her voyages, she had more crew on deck than she had passengers on deck. Oh wow! Which I'm sure makes for a really fun like passenger experience, mm-hmm. but yeah. definitely doesn't help on the no, on the pocketbook. No, and so. Since she was losing my lady, she, reti- she retired from service in 1967, and she made her when st- her last crossing was her 1,000th crossing of the North Atlantic. So she went back and forth a thousand times. That's impressive, right? I yep. did I did find that. So her uh, normal service speed was 26 knots, which is about 30 30 miles an hour, and uh, top speed was about 30 knots, which is about 35 miles an hour. Which for a boat that big is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, at least for you, that time. Especially when you think, considering it's only steam power. Uh, the cost for per berth, so every time that she left dock, was $300,000. Dang. Every time to take her out. And it was increased by the high quality materials. 40% more steel was required for her than the standard cruise ship. Wow. Dang. I'm still trying to find what a ticket price is. <laughs> but you can just do the math now, though. Because there were fourteen, there were oh I got it. There were nineteen hundred cabins. So just take okay. that divided uh-huh. by. So I don't know exactly what row or what what, what class. Row. Well, I have the classes. Oh okay, sure. Um, so the old brochure price is uh, twelve hundred dollars for an inside cabin, fifteen hundred dollars for an outside cabin, Whew. or two thousand for a balcony. I wonder room. what that would cost nowadays. Now, the discount prices were pretty much eight hundred bucks for anything. What uh, what year was that? I don't know. That would have been the forties, fifties. Okay, probably. So, but she wait, arrived. Wait, 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 never mind. Scratch all that. That's the Queen Mary I was two. Say, 
Yeah, I was going to say that's yeah. quite a bit for money for the 40s and the 50s. That's the Queen Mary too. The Queen Mary. So Mary. after after they uh, sold her to America. Okay. Yeah, so then she arrived in Long Beach on December 9th, and that is where she has stayed. She's now a tourist attraction as a hotel, museum. She's got restaurants, shopping, and event, event, event venues. Gosh, that's hard to say. <laughs> um, following Queen Mary's docking, claims were made that the ship is haunted, and in 2008, the Time magazine included the ship among its top 10 haunted places. Awesome. So... I've been talking way too much, Jamie. She was also sold um, in 1967 for 3.45 million mm-hmm. to Long to the city of Long Beach. So, okay, where I got you a ticket price. Today. Oh, I got it. I got one Ooh. too. I what is it? it. So, what is it? for a sun deck cabin, which is a spacious first class outside cabin with a private bathroom, Ooh. was two hundred and ninety five dollars. Okay, but how would that be cost wise today, yeah. today? Okay. So one I found it says the fare ticket of one ninety five in nineteen fifty six has the relative value in two thousand eighteen of ranging between fourteen hundred to eighty nine hundred. Okay, see now that makes more sense. Yeah, that's how much you go and look at cabin prices on cruise ships nowadays. Hundred ninety five dollars, I could do that. Yeah, so that that it's really just it's just kept up with inflation over time. Mm -hmm. That's still a lot. So let's talk about the hauntings. Is it haunted? Oh, it's haunted. It is haunted. It is so Would you call haunted. it uber haunted I, or just I don't believe haunted? it. Super uber haunted. I don't know. <laughs> I've never been there. <laughs> oh, do you want to go over the Disney stuff first or do you want to go right into the hauntings? Mm. You want to save the Disney stuff for last? We should. That's something I never knew okay, about the Queen Mary. I didn't know any about this Disney. either, but part of this Disney stuff feeds into it. Feeds into some of the hauntings. On okay. why some of the hauntings might be fake. Okay, so let's, let, let's do the Disney <laughs> Ghosts first. Ghosts don't exist. We've <laughs> let's hit the this. Disney first. That's right. We've established that, and that's why we're here. I don't know what I have for this. Stories. You can kick us off, Terry. Okay, so in 1990, Disney had tried to turn the Queen Mary into an extension of Disneyland, and it was going to be called Port Disney. It was going to be a $3 billion project and was going to... Dedicate and it was going to be dedicated to ocean life around the world, and the main focal point was going to be a giant two-story aquarium and research facility that was designed to look like giant bubbles. So think of like the Epcot Center, but bigger. Ooh. <laughs> um, one of the attractions plans was to be a haunted attraction aboard the Queen Mary. Disney had known about the haunted stories aboard the ship for years, and the attraction was going to have a story attached to it with fake paranormal activity to try and make people think they were witnessing real paranormal activity. So kind of like the Haunted Mansion, but at sea. And they wanted people to think that it was real, not fake. So, but However, Long Beach turned down the plan and cited that the environmental impact the park would have on the ocean and all the local businesses that they would have to close to make way for hotels and highways that that would need to be built that they just told Disney no. <laughs> so um, later, Disney actually used those plans um, for the concept of the Disney Sea in Tokyo Disneyland. So everything they had put together, the Imagineers and everything, didn't go to waste. Um, in fact, in the Tokyo Disneyland um, Disney Sea, they actually have a replica of the Queen Mary. So, and after Disney lost the ownership of the Queen Mary, some stories are rumored that 
um, left behind, Disney had already started to work on the haunted elements on this haunted attraction they wanted to do. And so some of the current owners know that these elements existed and they still use them today to make people believe there is hauntings on the ship. That's a rumor. However, none of it's confirmed. It's all rumor. Huh. I'd like to go find out. Right? Right. <laughs> I'm actually kind of glad they did get turned down. I am too. Yeah. I am. And it was it was kind of a, they kind of got it by accident because they were trying, when Disney originally built the Disney Hotel, he didn't have enough money to afford it. So he got a loan. I can't remember the name of the guy. But when he finally bought out ownership of the hotel, it was like a package deal where he got the hotel and the Queen Mary because the guy owned both of them. So hmm. it's kind of a package deal. So they kind of ended up with a kind of happenstance. Right. Like it wasn't. And so it was kind of like, what are we going to do with it? So they were kind of. And it also kind of paved the way for them to get. Um, oh. Why can I not think of the name of the other park? My God. California Adventure. California Adventure. How did I not even think of that? <laughs> the one that's okay. right next to it. Right, right next to it. Because they wanted to expand that way, and Anaheim kept denying them and denying them the extension of a second park. Right. And so when they tried to do this up in Long Beach, Anaheim reconsidered the option because all the money that Anaheim would get from the tourism right. would now be going to Long Beach. So it kind of helped Disney, Walt Disney out to be able to get approval to extend over into, well, it wasn't even Walt Disney at the time because it was the 1990s, but that was how they were able to get the extension for California Adventure. Oh, that's so cool. it, it's kind of a longer roundabout way that it happened, but it all worked out in for the, long the best. Run, for the best in the long run. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the thing is, is Long Beach is only 20, I looked it up, it's like 23, mi- or 23 minutes from Anaheim, from Disneyland. <laughs> no, it's not that far. When there's no traffic. When there's no traffic. Well, right. Yeah. But it's not that far. But they were they were trying to make it like a second, second entryway for yeah. Disneyland, but it worked out better for them to get the extension for California Adventure. I mean, it would have been cool in in the sense, right? But right. I'd hate to see a, a historic ship like that get turned into some crazy weird amusement yeah. park. Yeah. To me, it doesn't seem Disney to me. The thought of it. No. It doesn't. doesn't seem Disney to me, but... But yeah, I had never known any of this about Disney and the Queen Mary ever in all the the research and history that I've done on the Queen Mary. Yeah, I, I hadn't even heard of it either. And it, it's neat that, I mean, it's cool because it's like tied to like, you know, the famous Disney theme park in that avenue. Um, and I'm sure they could have done a lot. Like look at Haunted Mansion, right? Mm-hmm. They've done they've done a good job of, of making things look haunted. Um and that was, you know, and with their limited technology mm-hmm. at the time when they put it together. So, yeah, because, you because know, like, so none of it's confirmed that Disney actually did this stuff because the rumors of the ship being haunted existed before Disney ever owned it. Right. Because it's been docked there since, what, 1967? Mm-hmm. And so there was all these rumors of it being haunted. So, since you know, so Disney might have just capitalized and kind of embellished more ghost stories to try to get people wanting to come once Disney was done building it. Right. But to me, it's, it's important to never fake anything paranormal to make people think it's real when it's not real, because that just loses any validation that we have. Right. Cause it's already hard enough to try to get people to believe. Yeah. And, and then you find out that, Oh, it was fake. Yeah. That does make it a challenge. It's interesting though, because you're talking about 1990, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really starting to get into like the height of haunted houses. When all, yeah, like we were just saying on the previous episode, yeah, about when you know, because 
it's just yeah the and horror paranormal's movies only out. been in parent you know is new to the to the to americas right so this was when like ghost hunters started coming out and all that kind of stuff so it would have played it would have played nicely in 1990 with uh, with the, the, what was happening with, with, yeah with, mm. with the way the stream was with with the paranormal right. well i think another thing that i think it comes up further in the notes here i remember reading it but uh that when they bought it it was also because the guy that it was a package deal i already said that yeah. did you okay yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was. So you were too busy trying to find the cost of the ticket when I was so talking was, about it. But what happened? So Disney obviously doesn't own it now. No, no, Disney does not own it now. So how did they get into the hands of the current owners? Do we know? I don't. Okay, money, <laughs> money. Yeah. yeah, I think after Long Beach turned them down, Disney had no need for it. They put it up for sale. Somebody else bought it, and they just kept rolling with the stories that were being told. Yeah. So what do we got for hauntings then? What so now we can go into the hauntings. Well, actually, I think right now, doesn't the city of Long Beach own it? The city of Long Beach owns it now because it was currently sinking a year ago. Yeah, it was listing. It was listing and it was sinking and yep. the cost of like upkeep on it. Because apparently like the original owners had been grant had a grant to like do all this extensive refurbishing on it. But they spent the money elsewhere and didn't do the refurbishing that was supposed to be done. I'm surprised this boat's not dry docked at this point, honestly. Yeah, well, no kidding. That's, and I think we t- we talked about that before on a previous episode or a previous time, and that's what I said. I was like, why isn't it dry docked? Right. Yeah. I, I like, don't know. Y- you could dry dock it and still have people stay on board the ship. 100%. But yeah, and so um, there was actually rumors they were just going to let it go. But then uh, Long Beach, the city of Long Beach actually ended up ownership with it, and now they're trying to figure out what to do. With it. It's actually currently not open. You can't get on it right now. Oh, that sucks. Um, mostly because it's sinking. But even the cost of just dry docking it at this point is what millions, of, millions no, was, of dollars. I was yeah. looking at a at an article earlier today that I don't have on my computer anymore. But it was one of those things of like it's a hundred and five million to scrap it. It was like a hundred and fifty million to try to relocate it. Which how do you relocate something like that? Carefully. Over 18 months, you drag it through the streets and semis. <laughs> and, you, and then and it was you, like... And then it gets hauled over to Disney's California Adventure and put in the, in the Paradise Pier. Paradise Pier. Pier. Um, or to refurbish it and fix it, to dry dock it was like 150 I mean, So it's all comparative pricing. You're, you're it's looking just, what over do you do? $100 million bucks just to... But uh, it's the same price anything. no matter what you do with it. Right. You know? Because environmentally, they can't let it sink. No. No. I mean, at this point... In my personal opinion, the best thing to do is to dry dock it. So what exactly does yeah. dry so. dock mean? It means you, uh, you essentially take it out of the water and you put it on a... Uh, kind of put it on stilts. Yeah, basically kind of. on stilts. So it's out of the water and it's... And not it's, corroding anymore. Yeah, it's not going to corrode. At least not going to corrode in salt water. Right. Yeah. Right. They would have to drain that because they have like the whole wave break rocks around it right now. Yeah. They would have to find a way to put a foundation in there, drain it. And then just kind of leave it where it's at. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Usually, dry docking is done so they can access the the water, the underwater portion of the hull, so they yeah. can repair and, right. and fix it. So could they just kind of? I mean, it only costs money, but lift it up, you know, flush out all the seawater. The you know, leave it where it's at essentially, but kind of lift it with the giant cranes because they can do anything now. Um, flush it out and then put fresh water in there and just have like a little freshwater lagoon. They would never do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's the the chances of the freshwater leaking out and causing issues into the salt water. They would never want to yeah, do that. It'd be an environmental disaster. Freshwater would hurt salt water. It does. Mm-hmm. It turns a brackish. 
which then causes issue with the fish and the sea life in the area, and then you've got another environmental oh, problem. Oh, like like the the sea life in the. Uh... <laughs> Long Beach Pier is probably <laughs> it's well, yeah, it's probably a little more. You can't more you mutated. can't see like a foot down in that water. <laughs> it would be sad to see it go. So much honestly, pollution. it would be very it sad. It would be to really see it sad go. to see it, it go. It, it's going to take probably a collective effort of of monies to save the ship to mm-hmm. for historical purposes. The problem is if you look at investment, right? I mean, if if you want to invest money into something, you always look at what I. How long can I get something, or how long does it take to get something out? Like, what's my return on it? Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is is there enough? Um, is there enough desire for people to stay on it as a hotel or anything like that to recoup 150 million dollars? Yeah, it's a lot of money. Just, mm-hmm. just convince the government, the U.S. government, to buy it, make it a national park or a national monument, and then they'll fork out all your taxpayer dollars. It has to be done dollars, by the national then, parks. Yeah, because well, that we've got an endless supply of money. Well, think about it though. How did the the ships we've already talked about, right? Where are they at? They're in a park service system, right? They're owned by the the government at this point in time. Mm-hmm. By, they're owned by you, my friend. Owned by all of us, uh, at least those of us in the U.S. <laughs> okay, Jamie, what you got for hauntings? Well, let's talk about the most haunted room. You're going to go right to the going, killjoy, right I at the am, beginning, huh? I am. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Stateroom B three forty. Bingo. So um, it said that the stateroom was... You my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> um, it said the stateroom was a problem long before the Queen Mary opened um, as an actual hotel. In 1948, uh, a British third-class passenger, Walter Adamson, passed away in the room, and the the details of his death are actually unknown. So or, just, or they're just not saying. So they just right? died on, on at sea? Well, yeah, it was um, a hotel. Yeah, it just says that he mysteriously died, mm-hmm. and is it his ghost that haunts the place, or was it was he killed by the ghost that haunts the place? Yeah, Ooh, I like option two. It sounds more <laughs> ominous, right? right? Um, so then, in 1966, uh, a woman staying in there, she'd reported that she was woken up when her bed covers were pulled off of her, and she saw a man standing at the foot of her bed. She screamed, rang for the steward, but the man apparently vanished into thin air. That would be terrifying. It would be. Okay, so now another story claims that the staff locked a man in his third class room after he murdered two women in the 1960s. During the night, he began beating on the door and screaming to the guards outside that something was in the room with him. When they opened the door in the morning, they found his bloody mangled body ripped apart. Dude, what? So that's another theory of what happened in room B340. So, so a guy committed murder, mm-hmm. murdered two women on the boat. They obviously caught the guy. So they're like, hey, we're going to lock you in this room until we get to port. Mm-hmm. And then they found his bloody mangled body. Yeah, there's a lot of controversy on the haunting of this room. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. They had it locked up for a long time, that yeah, room. 30 years. Um, because like, let's see. So after they turned it into a hotel... Um, guests that were staying there claimed that there was the heightened paranormal activity and guests would come out and flee in the middle of the night saying there was stuff happening in the room. They would demand refunds or a different room. Some would just leave and never come back. Um, they reported strange sounds, footsteps, sinks turning on and off, hangers moving in the closet, furniture moving on its own, um, guests being touched, covers being pulled off. Um, there were reports of full body apparitions. 
Um, and due to no one being able to spend the night in the room, the hotel was forced to close the room. And after the room was closed, the reports of the paranormal activity leaked into the adjoining rooms, causing more guests to flee in the middle of the night. Here's what I find funny. <laughs> is that they're like, people are like, I don't want to stay in that room. I'm out of here. And we're all like, give Let me that in. room. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me spend the night. Right? I'm good. So, but then here's more controversy. Um, it turns out that the room was never used for guests, but was used for storage. <laughs> when the Disney company got the ship and was going to turn it into a haunted attraction for the, di- for the Disney tour, haunted attraction, the room was going to be one of the key rooms of the fake haunted tour. It was responsible for spreading the rumors and they wanted to get people interested in wanting to come and see the attraction once it was opened. And so Disney was the one who created the sinks being able to be turned on and off by themselves. And they were the ones who created the images in the mirror because they have that effect in the haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there, and then they put speakers in the room so you could hear the disembodied voices. And so there's rumor that Disney had already put these in that room for their haunted attraction. So that's what you're hearing. So whether it's true or not. That's but, just a rumor. That's part it of the rumor. totally be ghosts. That Disney has put this in the, had put this in the room at one point. It so kind of adds some like killjoy to this the the spectrals part of it. I mean, you're like right, but horrified to investigate. But it's like, is it really just? But isn't it possible though that the rumor about the rumor is a rumor? Right. <laughs> because <laughs> well, think about it. Because like because the, at that time people aren't aren't excited about go staying in a haunted room, right? So like, oh yeah, no no no. Disney when when they had the ship, they did all this stuff. So it's okay. Go ahead and spend the night in the room. It, you know, it's 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 just yeah. a bunch of smoke and mirror. Don't worry, about mirrors, it. don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's right. not going to hurt you. Right. right. And so it's a rumor about a rumor about a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it could be. Yeah. It's the thing is, you don't know. No. So, but they had it closed to the public for 30 years, and it just reopened in 2018. And I remember when it reopened in 2018 and all the hoopla about this room being open. Yeah. Do you have what comes with this room? Okay. Oh my god. So if you go stay in this room, this is why I know today, it's real haunted. Okay. And this this well we'll okay, anyways. So if you go it's obviously not available now because it's closed, but in 2018, the room keys came with a fierce warning of how haunted the room was. And there is still plenty of paranormal activity being reported from the room. But when you walk into the room, there is a pillar in the room and on the pillar there are quotes from the guests of the hauntings that have happened in this room. And then you go into the bathroom and on the wall is a decal that explains to you how to play Bloody Mary in the bathroom. Because that's a great right? idea. And then also provided for your stay in the room is a Ouija board, a crystal ball and tarot cards. See, we watched there was a, there was BuzzFeed went there. And yeah, they stayed in that room. In a little chest. Yeah, there's stuff. a little chest with yeah. all this stuff in it. So it's no wonder why they have so much paranormal activity in this room. How many you demons have, have been summoned right, through this stupid right. Ouija board? How many, how many things have been opened, conjured? And not closed? Not closed, requested <laughs> to come in. Yep. You know, so whether Disney has this stuff in there or not, the stuff they're providing for all these people that are spending the night that have no idea what they're doing. Right. Who, you know... Leads me to believe that some of this stuff is true, whether Disney has their trickery in there or not. It it seems like a lot of like paranormal malfeasance. Right. It's like, what in the blasted are you doing? Like, perfect storm. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, here's something you can use and play with, but we're not going to tell you how to use and play with it properly, so we're just going to give it to you they're to just, play with it. They're opening so many things they shouldn't even be playing with. I mean, there's rumors of, like, the cleaning crew going in there, making the bed, going out to the cart, coming back, and the bed sheets are all ripped off the bed and on the floor. I mean, too, the captain doesn't like going in this room. Staff and crew doesn't like going into the room. Um, some of the newer stories, people have been pushed, pulled, scratched, they feel dark energies. There's growls, scary voices. They're waking up to shadowing figures standing over the top of them. I mean, with them doing what they did to this room, I think created the ghost a of lot, Mickey Mouse. A lot worse <laughs> stuff than what probably what was originally in there. Right. It sounds a very dark, demonic haunting right. now in that room. Mm-hmm. Like, so even at that, it doesn't matter if there was Disney magic in there. You got all sorts of new magic. Oh, no, there's now. all sorts of real magic now. So, okay, what else you got? Uh, boiler room number four. Yes. So I don't have a lot on this, so I'll, I'll just read what I have. And no, you're good. Go. You can take it. Uh, several people have reported seeing a little girl in this area, sometimes sucking her thumb, and also sometimes carrying a doll in her hand. Uh, whether or not the room is haunted by that little girl. Uh, says you should just stay away. That is all I got on that, but I know there's more. Here's an interesting thought, though. Like, I would expect a little girl in the in the passenger cabins on the deck. Sure. Why like Why the boiler room? Right. Why the boiler room? Because there's also rumors of, like, a little kid drowning in the pool. Yeah, I don't have anything on the boiler room. Oh, nothing? So No, I didn't have anything. What about hatch room. door number 13? I do have hatch door number 13. That's John Petter. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. I this is literally all that's here. Is that all you have? Yeah, it says uh, the hatch door is known as Shaft Alley, and it was the site of a gruesome accident that saw a crewman crushed to death. And that is yeah. all I got. So his name was John Petter. Um, he worked in the engine room in the 1960s during a water lock drill. He thought that he could make it through the door faster than the door was closing. And while door number 13 was closing, he misjudged and was crushed to death and almost severed in half. Oh. Ever since his death, there has been reports of a ghost wandering the ship um, in the engine room that they call Half Hatch Harry, which is also John Petter. Mm-hmm. Um, his ghost has been seen in different parts of the engine room. Whenever he is seen, he is wearing his old 1960s style coveralls. Um, he's seen in Shaft Alley, where people have said they were followed closely by a man in the coveralls, but then disappeared when they got to door number 13. Um, people have also seen his ghost in the work elevator, and guests have been down in the engine room while on tours and have had their clothes and their bags pulled on by unseen hands. There are also been sounds of banging on the pipes and moans of a man's voice. Um, there's also been reports of the um, man in coveralls asking if you can find my wrench. I'm missing my wrench. Cause apparently oh, wow. he had a wrench that he was trying to pry the doors back open <coughs> when he got crushed. Um, there are handprints on the walls from Greece that when the crews come to clean them, they disappear. Um, well, there was one time where a tour guide named Nancy was um, walking along the walkway in the engine room when she felt someone come up behind her and she looked over her shoulder and had seen a man in the old coveralls. So she kind of moved to the side to let him pass. And as soon as he passed her, he disappeared. Wow. Jeez. That's sad, though. <laughs> That's not the only That's one. So There's sad. more. That, so. that is sad. I, you know, here's what I would say this, though. I'm really glad that he chooses to appear as he was whole. Than as he was when he Seven, died. Right, yeah. Could you? I mean, could you imagine the the level of like terror would be like? Here's a dude that's pretty much in half walking. Up, excuse me, excuse me. 
out of the way. If they know his name, why do they call him Half Hatch? I mean, that's like well, rude. I think I think it's it was like, a nickname that yeah. probably Ghost Investors Gators had investigators. <laughs> <laughs> There's Gators where they had created this name of Half Hatch Harry for him before finding out that his name was John Petter. I'm oh. assuming, but yeah, it's possible. I mean, and or it's just some absolutely ab- cruel mm-hmm. joke in the in that avenue. Yeah. Okay, another one. Uh, the Mayfair room. Got anything on that? What's mm. uh, this room was once the ship's beauty salon, uh, but now it's used as offices for the hotel. Uh, in uh, in two thousand one, a member of the accounting staff came early to work at around five thirty a.m. and simply felt like something was just kind of off. Uh, she then went about her office task before sitting down at her desk and feeling unusually cold. Uh, later, she felt someone brush up against the back of her chair, but when she turned around, no one was there. And then minutes after that, the woman saw a transparent figure in white, again, a white, woman in white, right? a woman in white, walk across the room and pass through the door. Or so, was it very white? And she just uh, ended up grabbing her keys and fled the room until her co-worker showed up. <laughs> I can't say I wouldn't have done the same thing. Yeah. When you're alone, it's... It's different, It's different right? than when you have at least one other person there. It's very different. Yeah. See, and there's a lady of white that's been known to be seen in the first class lounge area, which is also doubled as the ballroom in the 1930s, where she's seen dancing in the corner by herself. People have also seen her, have followed her, the women in white have followed the people out of the room, but as soon as she get, they get to the elevator, she disappears. Because so, she's going to the salon. She shall not yeah, pass. Maybe she's going to the salon. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything on the generator room? I do not. I don't think so. So in the generator room, a man named John Henry, he was one of the first ghosts of the ship, actually. He passed away um, when the ship was getting fitted. So remember how it got dragged to the shipyard and was getting all the... Um, he died by electrocution when he oh. was building the generator for the ship. Um, ever since then, the room has been haunted. He's been seen as a shadow figure um, strange sounds come out of the room and there are actually holes on the floor and the walls. So when you do a tour, there are people that have been on tours that have seen an eye looking out of the engine room through the holes. That creeps me out. <laughs> that would totally creep me out. Oh, no, it totally creeps me out. I'd rather see an apparition than an, an eye, eye looking, looking through, through a, a hole. hole. Right. Or like just a finger coming up out of the yeah. ground like, come here. So people think that it's Henry just keeping an eye on his ship. We all yeah. float down <laughs> I hate so. to say it, but when you said... Uh, Henry, yeah, I was like it was he a steel driver? So, and then, um, uh, first class swimming pool, okay, there you go. So, obviously, now abandoned, it was once the epitome of luxury with an illuminated fountain, uh, mother pearl ceiling, and elaborate mosaic tiles. Sounds really pretty, it was, yeah. it sounds beautiful, actually. Uh, the pool obviously is no longer in use because of California code issues. It's actually drained. There's no water in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't stop from being one of the hotbeds of paranormal activity on the ship. So a lot of people report seeing a number of ghosts, a young woman in a tennis skirt walking down the stairs and then disappearing behind a pillar and a woman in an old wedding gown next to the pool with a little boy in a suit and mm-hmm. also wet footprints along the pool's edges. Mm-hmm. There's a lady that's seen wearing a 1930s bathing suit. And she likes to hang around the edge of the pool, and she's actually been seen in the old pool locker room area. Um, 
people think that she might have drowned there during operation, and that's why she's lingering around in the area. Sounds very residual. Like yeah. everything in the pool area sounds very A lot like of the a stuff in the pool haunting. area. In fact, um, in the second class pool area, do you have that one? Uh-uh. There's a little girl named Jacqueline Torn. Um, the second class pool area actually is now a theater. The pool doesn't even exist there. Um, but the little girl has been reported being seen in the second, in that theater and down in the first class area. She's described as being a girl around five to six years old and she wears a 1940s dress. She likes to play with investigators and she has been heard singing her favorite song, London Bridges. Um, she's been heard laughing and talking in EVPs. People have said to hear a young girl laughing and splashing in water, even though one pool doesn't even exist and there's no water in the second pool. Um, so that just adds to the creep factor even more. Oh, yeah. Um, one, um, tour, one paranormal tour guide um, has told the story that while on an investigation by the first class pool area, they heard a little girl laughing and splashing and saw wet child-sized footprints appear on the floor while they were investigating. So that's in the second class area. That was in the first class pool. Oh, first class pool, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like, it definitely sounds like there's a mix of things going on in that. Yeah, you have a lot of different stories. So there's rumors like up in the front of the belly of the ship, they hear a lot of screaming and um, just a lot of noise up there. Like and, in the bow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people think that it's from when she hit the Curaco. Um, but there's also stories that... Um, they had a pit up there for the prisoners of war, and that's where they kept the German and Italy soldiers against their will. Hmm. And they would lower food and water by rope down into them. And then, you know, if the men died of injury or disease, they would just throw their bodies overboard. And so there's rumors that some of the voices they might be hearing up there are the moans of the prisoners of war that died calling out for food and water. But that part of the, the boat is closed to the public, and you can't ever get up there. That's a bummer. No kidding. All the best places are <laughs> closed off. Forbidden. For your safety. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a ghost named Grumpy. Yeah. They call him Grumpy. He's just named Grumpy. He's just named Grumpy. They so don't he's really, a dwarf. They really don't know who he is, right? No, they don't. They have no name. They have yeah, nothing on him. But they call him Grumpy the Growling Ghost. So he's actually, <laughs> uh, he's G memorable. Yeah, he's memorable because he tends to growl at the visitors. Uh, Grumpy said to lurk in the room under the stairs near the first class swimming pool. And sometimes he joins John Henry in the boiler room. And you can actually, they say that you can actually hear the audio recordings of Grumpy growling at www.queenmaryshadows.com. Huh. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. But yeah, I mean, that's weird. I mean, I was, I was wondering, like, is there a chance that it's a type three where it's. I guess you never know. It's possible. Right? It's possible. Yeah. But yeah. totally possible. Or they have Captain Treasure Jones as well. Um, he was the last captain of the Queen Mary uh, from 1965 to 1967. And he captained her final voyage from Southampton to Long Beach. And he earned serious credit in the maritime community, transferring him into the media figure following the vessel's retirement. So he died in 1993 at the age of 87. Uh, and he is well known on the ship for his affinity to like cigars. He'd smoke them like everywhere. And so a lot of visitors sometimes still report smelling cigar smoke in the captain quarters. Huh. Which, I mean, if he smokes cigars and those can have some, I mean, powerful. Yeah, they have hang time. Do you not think that smoking 
cigars a lot would kind of just soak into the and you'd kind of catch those whiffs every yeah. now and again oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know so maybe that's not so much paranormal i mean it could be but right. it could also be that it's just that that smell is just into those things and you just if the air current comes through right or you're standing in the it's right like when spot you buy a used you get a car whiff. and they turn on yeah. the air conditioning and all of a sudden you, you smell, smell the smoke person before he was yeah. a smoker yeah. exactly yeah. you know they yeah. clean the car well exactly you have anything on room b474 I do not. Mm-mm. Okay, so this is another urban legend type situation. But, you know, you tell a story enough, it can manifest itself. Um, but there's a legend of a murder-suicide in this room. Um, there's no actual any proof of anything happening, but there are two different stories. Um, one story is that a family was traveling to America, and the stepfather snapped during the voyage First strangled the mother and the young sister of a girl named Dana. And then he broke into the bathroom where Dana was hiding and shot her and then shot himself. Oh, goodness. The second story is that a stranger broke into the room and ended in the same results. So there's no evidence to back up either one of these stories. However, they do have, um, so there's rumors that maybe Disney started these rumors, but, um, People have claimed to see a young girl named Dana watering the halls, calling out for her mother and sister. Um, She's also been seen walking through the cabin and into the bathroom and into the mirror of the bathroom. Um, She's also reported to walk right through the door of the cabin and into the hallway. So the the spirit of this little girl named Dana has been reported by investigators, but her story of how she got there isn't quite confirmed. Right. But there's that other story of the one guy that got locked into the other room because he killed two people that maybe those two stories are linked. Could be. Well, yeah. I wonder wonder if there's like voices heard like of a guy saying, so help me if I have to turn this (laughs) boat around. (laughs) So, but I mean, and there's also some theories with her being waterlocked that the water can be like a natural conduit and provides energy for the spirits. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know? And so, um, who knows if that has anything to help on why we have so many stories from the Queen Mary versus all these other ships. Right. But yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of documented stuff from the Queen Mary versus a lot of the other ships out there. Well, I think part of it too is age, right? True. You're talking 1940s, which modern era, a lot easier to, to find history, a lot easier to, transport history and keep records records and get things written down. Uh But it seems like a lot of the stories um, are recent, more recent, you know, tellings of things Mm -hmm. about things that happened in the past, which is one of the reasons why we got some crazy, like uh, um, differences in the stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, is it all just modern coming out because people have investigated it or is it, you know, or, or, or all of that stuff? Like, where's it go? Yeah. Who you knows? know, and, and it does seem like the Queen Mary's got the gambit. It's got residual. It has mm-hmm. intelligent. Looks like it's got some type three work going on there. Yep. It's got phantom smells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a little bit of everything. It's like, it's the paranormal smorgasbord. <laughs> it's, even got hor- it's even got haunted objects. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. There's actually like a haunted object um, room, artifact room on the Queen Mary. Really? So nice. there's there's a guy that there's a show that you can buy tickets to to go see. And the guy who does the show has like traveled the world and collected all these haunted objects that he has in this room. Um, but one of the haunted objects that he has is a doll that's in a box, like a wooden crate box. And then there's a hole 
where you can look in and see the doll, but then it has like iron bars on it, kind of like a gel cell. So this doll is in this box and it's the doll came from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, it belonged to a little girl um, <clears throat> who was actually murdered by her abusive mother um, because the mother was jealous of the doll because the girl, she overheard the girl tell the doll that she loved the doll more than her mom. So um, at first they thought that her death was an accident, but we come to find out she actually had murdered her daughter. And a week later, they found the mom dead at the bottom of the stairs. And at the top of the stairs, there was the hand of the doll. But the doll was still locked in the box. Dang. The mom locked it in the box so she could only look at the doll. Yeah, she locked it in the it. box so she'd only look at the doll and not play with it. But the doll's locked in the box, but the doll ha- arm is at the top of the stairs. And the mom is dead at the bottom of the stairs. A week after her daughter died. That's a story I have not heard of. <laughs> I have not heard of that either. Wow. So um, at one point in time, there was a lady who, I don't know how she ended up with the arm, but she had actually turned it into a pendulum. And so if you see, <laughs> right? Why? <laughs> because they were thinking of the energy from if it actually pushed the mom down the stairs. They, Anyways, so um, there's a YouTube video you can watch where it shows the doll in the case and then the arm with the string around it because it had been used as a pendulum. Um, so what but, I did, I built a pendulum, and in one side I've got Annabelle's arm, and the other side uh, I got Robert's <laughs> arm. Goodness gracious! Well, the thing is, is there's there's no negative energy from this doll. Um, the doll moves apparently. Like people who do the tour and go into this haunted object room, they will go in. The doll will be standing, and then when they leave, the doll will be sitting. So there's so in her pe- box in her box because she's they haven't ever taken her out she's right. still in the box so you can see her face where she's standing and then like she'll be sitting down so the doll moves in the box but there's like no negative like like Annabelle or anything connected to it which is kind of weird it's just this doll that moves and I think that the doll was just there to help the little girl and protect the girl and was, that's the reason why the mom went down the stairs who knows I don't know. Yeah, that's a weird. But um, the YouTube video I watched, they had an SP7 and tried to do like a EVP session with the doll. They yeah. really didn't get anything with it. And um, but they did have a side by side from when they first went in and saw the doll, and then they went back later to see if the doll had sat down. It hadn't sat down, but it looked like the doll had moved. There's like a side by side where you can kind of see its eye, hmm. but then in the other picture. It had been moved a little bit where you could see its eye. Whether they moved the doll themselves, I don't know. But Or even just a slight, angle. if you're looking through a like, hole, just the right. slightest yeah. angle. Deep Depending on the angle they took the picture, you don't know. But That's an interesting, yeah, that's an interesting one. Because it's like, they're supportedly, like, there's lots of people that have to say they have haunted objects. Yeah. And it's like. Like it moves. It's like, yeah, but you could put an actuator in there and, and move it. Yeah. And I'm gonna, yeah. T- I'm gonna have to so, take but, your word for but what's going on. But if you have on. this guy bringing on yeah. all these Honda artifacts onto the ship, that just adds that much more, right, to the ship. Exactly. Take it down the with the Ouija board. You know. So it, it, they've they've definitely done some stuff to increase spirit activity on this boat. Right, and it's because it, <clears throat> they do tours, right? They do. Yeah. You can rent out. The, the ship for a tour they, for a well, they private did. Inve- well they did yeah so you could do private investigations but yep. it was always like you could obviously stay in your room and pick a room and whatnot um, but for the private investigation it was always in the hull so you got the you got the uh, 
the the hatch area, the, the engine room, the boiler room, that stuff down mm-hmm. there, but nothing really above it. Yeah. And so one of the the theories that people have is, and I've heard them say it or I've read it, that the Queen Mary is not haunted. The people who are getting stuff on an investigation, they're really just hearing the stuff from above. Which is a possibility. Right. You know, and so it's like, which one are you getting? And that's what, and that's why, like, investigating actively, um, active businesses is so challenging. Like, mm-hmm. if you go to a hotel and you're, and you're investigating a hotel, like, yeah, there was a bump at night, but was it a drunk guy hitting your door? Yeah. You know, was it the person in the room next to you? Was e- it exactly yeah. so? Like, there's all of these other extraneous so factors machine. that make it a challenge. Yeah, well, exactly right. It was it the elevator opening up how bad of a room did you get? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, depends. Are we talk about the one that was up in Montana, you're <laughs> <laughs> right next to the stairs. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, you hear it all right over the top of the lobby. That's right, and you we warned you about all. that room. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I don't. I mean, I have no doubt that the Queen Mary's haunted. You mm-hmm. know, it would be interesting to to be able to investigate and see what, yeah, what we find and and get there because, um, you know, whether it was haunted before, you know, with all the stuff they've done, I'm sure it's brought in their fair share of stuff to come play. Oh, absolutely. Well, you see, some of the stories that they have of these people were, you know, long before any of that came onto the ship, long before Disney ever owned it. Right. Mm-hmm. So. But that's the thing too is like if I if I want to bring up some and this brings credit to the to the Disney rumors right mm-hmm. is if I want to bring credit to a haunted ship right let me make up stories about people that you can't find right and there's so, no you know listing of these guests ever being on the ship but. right and so because one the records probably don't exist anymore mm-hmm. and so it's like hey yeah there was a this, this couple they were murdered in this room and this is what happened and people are like. <gasps> That's so awful. Yeah, because they have the name of the girl Dana, but they don't have the name of the sister or the mom or the dad. Right. So how do they get the name of the one girl, but not the name of the rest of the family? You know? Yeah. And and that's the thing. is like, do these names, have all of these names come from investigators? Like, Mm -hmm. names that people have come up with? Or were they there before? Like, there's a lot of questions associated to. to I swear, half hatch Harry sounds like something that Disney would have come up with. (laughs) It does. The hat box ghost. Yeah. Well, exactly. And so, like, there's all of these questions that are associated to any of the haunted places that we've ever that we you know investigate. Is is can we get the 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 rumors away and get the the true story behind it? Sometimes it's really tough. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'd still love to go and investigate it. Oh, 100 percent. I'd go I, to every one of these places. Yeah. I want them to fix mm-hmm. it first so it doesn't fall over well, while that's I'm what there. I'm saying. <laughs> I I hope that they decide to fix it and reopen it. Honestly, uh-huh. yeah. I would. It's one place I'd love to go just check out. Oh, absolutely. You and know, if I can't investigate it, fine. But I'd still like to go check it out. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like they could, and obviously they couldn't. They couldn't make their money back fast enough if they only did investigations there. No, they no, couldn't. there's no um, way. Because they're just if they could, the, the the cost would be so astronomical. It'd be hard to for mm-hmm. anybody to go investigate. Um, but if they charged, I don't know, let's say a thousand bucks a night. You know, and you got you, you were able to rent out three hundred nights a year. You know, that's uh, that's three hundred grand. Yeah. Well, in two thousand eighteen, it was five hundred bucks a night for that room just to stay oh, in B three forty. Yeah, B three. Yeah, B three forty. Yeah, it was five hundred dollars just to spend one night in that room. Dang. Yeah, I'd still probably spend it. <laughs> I'm not gonna um, lie. 
I would stay on the Queen Mary in a room, but I would not do that. I would room. not stay in that room. Well, I didn't say I would Mainly stay in the room. I'd say I'd rent the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you rent two rooms that night. So mm-hmm. you rent one you rent one to investigate in and rent rent one and to then you sleep say, in. I know you're here, but don't follow me. I'm two doors down. <laughs> yeah, right don't next door. <laughs> I'm staying on the Lido deck. Don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it would be cool. So, but yeah, I I know there's plenty of other haunted ships out there. These were just the ones we chose to focus on. Yeah, there's so. there's lots of them. Um, there's a couple that I wanted to get to. Um, I just didn't get time to get to them. Because um, uh-huh. I know there are a ton of USS Navy ships that are haunted. Oh yeah, there's tons of tons them. Tons of them, and, and, and we barely scratched the surface on the two that you did. Right, and some of them are located in Pearl Harbor, which would be yes. super cool to see. I would of, love to go to Pearl Harbor. That. The uh-huh. Flying Dutchman, but there's also uh, the Belle of Louisville, yeah, which is a an old paddleship. Yep. An old riverboat, which would be cool. And then the SS William uh, A. Irvin, which was in uh, Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. So there's so, there's still a lot of fun ships out there um, to go see and to explore. And all of these you can go see and visit, yeah. which makes it nice. To, mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, here's a haunted location, but you can never see it. Like, yeah. yeah, like the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. Speaking of Lake Michigan. It's not right. superior. So, I mean, honestly, um, after doing this research and stuff, I kind of want to go to San Diego to that this museum where they have all these ships and go right just go see them not even really just investigate them but just to go do a day tour yeah you know and that's it and, and i don't know i think that's what i've i've loved a lot about investigating is that there's some history involved and so mm-hmm. you get to learn the history about these places and and understand how important they were to whatever uh operation they were in at the time and then mm-hmm. it's like wow that's really cool and now i can go talk to some ghosts later <laughs> yeah yeah so, but it's been a fun episode. Yeah. Um, this is probably a super long one for everybody too. Yeah. But there's lots of uh, good little nuggets of, of fun and information in there and nuggets. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, it did take us a little bit to get, get this one off the ground, but we got it there. Yeah. <laughs> we got it completed. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, where can, uh, where can they find us on Facebook there, Jamie? Uh, you can find us on Paranormal Peeps Podcast or CPR Research or CPR. <laughs> oh, it's late. I'm Whoa, tired. it's getting late. Yeah, it's Cold late. Spot Paranormal Research. That's it. I got That's it. That's the one. CPR, Cold Spot Paranormal. It's all the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you figured it out. I will be honest. They ain't going to go look anyway. <laughs> and on Instagram, we're Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research. And on Twitter at uh, CPR Paranormal. And with that, and on MySpace, and on MySpace at we're not at MySpace. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and with all that, guys, have a great night and stay ghosty, my peeps. Thank you for listening to the Paranormal Peeps Podcast. You can find us on social media at Twitter at CPR Paranormal, on Facebook at Paranormal Peeps Podcast, and Cold Spot Paranormal Research. And you can find us on Instagram at Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research.